Hello, this is Bill Curley. And Holly Hudley. And welcome to the podcast In Between, which is an educational offering of St. Paul's United Methodist Church and Ordinary Life. So, on an adventurous morning, Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah. So, first question How are the puppies? Oh, they're so sweet. They are um, three weeks old and about two and a half times the size they were when they were born and wow yeah so you make this gruel it's basically like mushed up puppy chow with goat milk and water and it's just a paste um so and they just started kind of eating that yesterday so that's an adventure and um it's messy and the mama dog wants to eat it (laughs) it's in the, cause you have to separate her and she gets worried and anxious about being apart, but really all she really wants is the food, but they are delightful. And I'm really glad that we've had this experience of having these puppies at home and witnessing the whole thing. So yeah. How much longer cool. are you going to keep them? Um, so they will transfer to the breeder's house this weekend or sometime around then. Um, where she has more of a setup where they have access to a doggy door. They can start to uh, potty train. They're still pretty small, so they won't do that yet. But um, she just has kind of a better space for them as they get bigger. My space. Uh Yeah. So so then they go home to their new families at at about seven and a half weeks, beginning of February. Really? Mm-hmm. So a, a person can get a new dog at two months? Yeah, that's you wean them around um, between four and six weeks. And depending on how well the mother's milk is going and whether she's too skinny, my dog is a pretty thin dog and she is burning a lot of calories nursing nine puppies. So she may get weaned a little earlier, um, but we'll just have to see. And, you know, I think when I'm thinking about it, I brought her home at eight weeks. I have also brought new dogs home at about 10 weeks. So I think it varies from either breed to breed or breeder to breeder, but anytime after about eight weeks is fine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're darling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, that's a great experience. It is. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's really special. So uh, it feels like I told you before we started recording this, it feels like that because of Christmas break and New Year's and the dog and a move and all the stuff that's going on. It's been a long time. I know it hasn't been, but it just feels like a long time I since know. you and I talked. So yeah. um, uh, we don't have an agenda. People don't. <laughs> people are probably aware of that after they listen for 10 minutes. But yeah, uh, I have a question. Uh-huh. So where these days are you finding new light? What are you reading? Mm. What's turning you on? Oh, man. Um, I will have to say, and I know this isn't about what I'm reading, but back to the puppies, that is that has been such a joy. I had an awesome December. You know, I swam with a whale shark and sea lions and snorkeled. That gave me such breath. I think that will sustain for a long time. Um, having these puppies, I got to see a really old friend that I, she is not 
super old, but we've known each other for over half our life over the holidays, which was lovely. So those things she's have- the, She's the breeder, right? No, my, my, the breeder is also an old friend. We've known each other since we were children. This woman and her family were in town visiting her parents. She and I went to college together. We're very good friends, but we don't get to see each other that much. So it was really just a delight to be with her. Um, so those moments have given me a lot of delight and cheer in the last month. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, what I'm reading, you know, I, I read poetry almost every day and I love poetry because it's succinct and it says a lot and not a long and without being super long, unless you read the Iliad or the Odyssey, but, um, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> and um, so that is a delight. I, I I don't usually stick to one poet at a time. I kind of bounce around different poetry books. I have a book right now that is um, a Zen interpretation of the Psalms that was recommended to me by a friend and I bought it and it's, it's really cool. Um, so I've been reading from that. Um Another book I'm reading, and this is to further my own research, is called Living Intention. Um, Intention, not intention. (laughs) Um, And it is about pursuing a spiritualized racial justice. And how do we live in that tension of kind of unpacking one thing, being okay with ourselves. And she's writing from the perspective of a white woman so being okay with where we are while also pursuing transformation. And she makes the case that this is a inherently feminine and feminist process because the feminine can hold those tensions of old and new uh, birth and death. And it's a, she's, it's a great book. Mm. So yeah, what's bringing you joy? What is your delight? <laughs> um. What is bringing me joy and bringing me light? Um, uh, I am still in the process of trying to get settled in our new home. Yeah. And uh, as a seven on the Enneagram, newness, that sort of thing really excites me. So I'm happy to be there. Although I'm reconciling myself to the fact that... um, I I have been a, a little bit naive mm-hmm. about the grief involved in leaving our home of 38 years. Yeah. And so dealing with that and living with a person who's a four on the Enneagram and really into grieving the loss of, of that mm-hmm. home. And it's, it's so that gives us, it gives the, my living dynamic has been, been interesting uh, in that. Mm, it's mm. just going to take a while, but you know, I, I uh, cobbler tend to your own shoes kind of thing. If yeah. I were seeing a couple for counseling, I would tell them, you know, it takes several years to actually to get married once you're having the wedding. And it's going to take, I think, several years for us to make this place a home. Mm. We haven't been there long enough to have built the sociology for how we do things in this place how we celebrate holidays in this place that sort yeah. of thing it just takes a long time to do that so um that that is something that um 
I think brings me joy and gives me a lot to, you know, to, uh, to pay attention to. Mm. Um, I'm, I am really, really, really enjoying reading the, the writings of a guy named David Benner. Yeah, you mentioned um, that. Yeah, there was a book that I wanted you to read because I thought maybe it might provide some foundation for us to do some co-teaching about when we yeah. get back to that. Yeah. Um, I just think he is a, an amazing writer. I don't know how I discovered him. I wish I had discovered him a long time ago. I did reach out to him after reading uh, one of his books. I've read four or five of the things that he has written uh, to see if I might be able to get him to come to Houston, but I was told that he no longer does that kind of um, kind of traveling anymore. Hmm. But um, he's he's got some some really good uh, stuff. His book, Human Being and Human Becoming, is really a good book. But um, Soulful Spirituality is the one I'm reading right now that I like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, doing that. Uh, getting into a new year and, and I'm seeing some new folks for both counseling and spiritual direction. And that's always invigorating mm -hmm. to share that intimate relationship with people. Just. Mm -hmm. uh, living life do you tend to like many people who make uh, promises to the self at the beginning of the year do you tend to get a lot of new people calling upon you at the beginning of the year uh you know i don't think i've ever really kept track of that mm -hmm. um but um i think the answer is not a lot but some uh because i've gone through a long winter break you know Actually, in the business world, meaning in doing clinical psychology or seeing people for appointment, really the world kind of comes to an end. The work world comes to an end about the 1st of December yeah. and doesn't really kick back in until sometime in January because people are really, really busy. Mm -hmm. And of course, the church side of my life, um, Advent is a crescendo of starting the first Sunday in Advent and just slowly building through, uh, I think we had six or seven services on Christmas Eve here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot. And 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 I will, I will say that they were um, better attended than last year. Um, our four o'clock service is standing room only. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other services that I were inv was involved in were also full. They're not, we're not in the back to free COVID time, mm -hmm. but, um, and, and we may never be uh, um, for that matter, but mm -hmm. um, that's, it's been a busy, busy time and a rich time. I, I love it. I love, the, I love the season of the year. It's so interesting. I mean, I, I, where we got habituated so differently during this time of being saturated with a virus that is out of our control. And, you know, that those habits uh, are going to be hard to change. I was, I've been thinking about, you know, the concept of inertia and inertia is a physics mm -hmm. thing, right? Like the way that 
physical space moves. It requires inertia and it requires movement in order to sort of recreate. And I think that there's also just a really big truth about social inertia, <laughs> personal mm -hmm. inertia, you know, kind of laying low to the ground and having periods of calm or non-movement. We can't completely go dormant or in the same way in the universe, if it gets to total equilibrium, it, 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 will, it won't survive. <laughs> same with mm -hmm. us. If we get to total equilibrium, we won't survive. But inertia is real. It is um, it is hard to convince me to, to do something out of the house, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. out of my sort of new comfort zone, out of uh, new patterns. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I think that's affecting what's going to happen this weekend mm -hmm. um, when... I got introduced to Jan Phillips by Michael Morewood, and I read her biography and then saw her on YouTube and talked to her and a variety of other things and arranged for her to come to Houston. Um, I got really energized and excited about her. Mm -hmm. uh, like I got energized and excited about Ilya Delio. Mm-hmm. And I think that I have been talking about Jan Phillips and kind of promoting the Jan Phillips event like I did, Ilya. Maybe mm -hmm. not. I don't know. But um, we had almost 200 people show up for the Ilya Delio event when we had her one week. Yeah, it was at capacity. Yeah. yeah, it was at capacity. And um, this weekend... With Jan Phillips, I think we've got about 80 registered. Interesting. And I think the same thing is what you're just saying is true, is that people are not disinterested. It is just, I'm not interested in getting out of my house. Like, yeah. you know, we've, we're out of the habit yeah. of doing some things that we used to do pre-COVID. Yeah, that is so true. And I think, you know, even for me, if if there's an option to do it on my computer, I'd rather that option in some cases, not in all cases. And some of it is like this, this is something to pay attention to the ability to be distracted. When you are online, you can make yourself coffee while you're listening, or you can put everyone on mute and go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's some like bodily autonomy that you have when you have mm -hmm. a distance between yourself and the people with whom you're engaging. And I think that that is part of the allure for me, for sure. It makes me go, am I ADHD? Like, <laughs> do I, do I need all these distractions? And and I'm not always engaging in distraction when I'm on Zooms, but it is easy to do if I'm being honest, a little too easy to do. So, um, yeah, I, I, um, I have a client that I have seen for years mm -hmm. and uh, I really cherish the relationship that the two of us have. This person is a lawyer, um, just in wonderful, wonderful human being. And I'm so privileged to get to sit with this person and, and, and to have shared her developmental life over a long period of time. But um, when COVID came to an end, Mm. Um, I got a message from her in which she said 
um, just to be clear with you, uh, I am never getting in my car again and driving across town for a 45 minute appointment. And well, I have very a number clear. of people, yeah. number of yeah. people in my, in my practice who, are, who prefer to do Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you something. And I, I said this in a sermon that I preached here this Sunday on New Year's Day that um, I think, and I see this when I see it happening in uh, worship services and on their like class in other places, that though I am so enriched and grateful for the things that my alleged smartphone has brought into my life, I have developed an incredible resistance and anger toward it because I noticed that in my presence, other people are sometimes more present to the device in their hand than they are present to me. And I think Mm. that's just rude. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) That's just rude. Did that happen in church? It happens all the time in church, of course. And people think that they are not being obvious about it when they're sneaking looks to their text messages, but you can tell. Yeah. 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 So, are you calling me out? <laughs> if you do it, I'm calling you out. Absolutely. So you I know, have a confession and- on the last Sunday before Christmas in ordinary life. <laughs> I had an earbud in because I was listening to the soccer game. <laughs> you know, you know, you're gonna die and go to hell. For That's that. the only time I've ever done it. But it was the, it, it was the final match of the World Cup, and I was like, "Bill, World Cup, Bill, World Cup." <laughs> so, so I was late because I watched the first half at home, and then I slid in and put a little earbud in. that I could listen to the second half and this was what was so crazy I got home before the game was over because it went into double overtime and penalty kicks so I didn't actually have to do that and to your point I think you texted me you know you can record it but I hate getting (laughs) the alert that somebody has won and I didn't get to see it in in real time (laughs) so I'm just gonna say I'm sorry it won't happen again It won't happen again for four years. That's let's right. put it that way. That's right. You might have to cancel ordinary life that day. No, I'm just kidding. I might be the only one who is obsessed. Um, so yeah, uh, guilty as charged. <laughs> and you know yes, what? It, like, w- w- yeah. So uh, let, let me give you a little um, hint about where I hope we can go in ordinary life in 2023. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Waiting. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So uh, I had this memory when I was thinking about this. This is back um, during November when I was taking a break from teaching and moving and all that stuff. So we have a we have a wonderful friend who now lives in California who um, when I say we, Sherry and me, who mm-hmm. uh, has been a friend of ours for, gee, 
as long as we've been married. As a matter mm. of fact, our husband performed our wedding. Yeah. I mean, they've been really, really, really good, close, intimate friends for a long time. And during our relationship, she um, she went to law school and she became she passed bar. She became a lawyer and um, practices law. I think she's maybe retired now. I don't. I, I, yes, yeah, she's probably retired. But I remember early on in her, after she passed the bar and got accepted to a law firm, she had to go to talk to her partners. And she asked me if I would teach her a joke that she could tell. Mm. Because somehow I have developed a reputation of being a jokester. No, I, yeah. can't, I, I can't even put those two things together. <laughs> Holly, I got five joke of the day calendars for Christmas presents. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I have. I'll tell you something in a minute. But yeah, okay. Anyway, she, yeah. she she asked me for a joke to tell at her at a thing. Now here's the here's the problem. She can't tell a joke if her life depended on it. Oh, that's funny. And it is it, just you know <laughs> I will have people say to me all the time, "Oh, I kind of not remember jokes, and I've never forgotten a joke I've ever heard." It's a it's a mental condition I have on the Asperger spectrum. That's a whole other subject. But yeah. anyway, so I told her I told her a joke. I taught her a joke to tell. And the joke I taught her was, what did the Buddhist say to the hot dog vendor? I don't know. And the, and the line is, make me one with everything. <laughs> okay. Isn't that a good joke? That's a great joke. Could she tell and, it? Like, did she? Well, wait, wait. Okay. It, it's, actually, it's a two-part joke. Okay. And it, if you want to expand it to the full thing, the Buddhist go, monk goes up to the hot dog vendor, gives him a $20 bill, and says, make me one with everything. And the hot dog vendor gives, gives him a hot dog, and mm -hmm. then the Buddhist monk says, where's my change? And the vendor says, change comes from within. <laughs> Cheeky, I like it. <laughs> All right, two part, two bot joke. Two so I told her the joke. I said, just tell the first part of it. The hot, the the Buddhist yeah. monk goes up to the hot dog vendor and says, "Make me one with everything." Mm -hmm. That's the joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And could she manage that one? Could she like? No. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. We went to hear her, and bless her heart, she got up and said, "Um, so." What did the Buddhist monk say to the hot dog vendor? Pause and said, give me one with everything on it. That is hilarious. So she, <laughs> I, you know, there's people who like can't get through the joke because they start laughing so hard at their own punchline or whatever. And then there's those delightful people who can't quite get it right. So it takes all your, it, it kind of leaves you going, I don't get it. <laughs> I think I fall into the ladder category sometimes i just get the words a little wrong <laughs> well really she, this woman can't could not tell i could go i could tell you many other instances anyway she could yeah tell a joke. that's really funny that was so well, she she's she, she, she she really literal like she's really make me one with everything on it <laughs> yeah give me one with everything on it so um i was thinking about that joke when i was yeah. thinking about you know this this theme that we have chosen about making the sacred or making the already sacred sacred is that um 
the path of awareness is the key to spiritual work. Mm -hmm. And it is not that we are asking to be made with one with everything. We are already one with everything. We simply don't realize that or lose sight of that. Yeah. And that's a theme I want to develop. Yeah. It's, it's the the whole kind of cone of there's nowhere to get you already you're already right. there right um, so and I'm finding that uh, that David Benner in his book on soulful spirituality certainly talks about this particular thing in a very very good way and and one of the things that I've neglected in my teaching for as long as I've been teaching and and, and this is a a valid criticism of my entire body of work is Mm -hmm. that I've neglected emphasizing the importance of the body. Mm -hmm. You've neglected the importance of the body. I've neglected talking about the, because we're, we are bodies before we're anything. Well, I think that's such a, um, I'm going to say a bold statement and then you can definitely challenge, challenge me on it. I think that is particular to white Christianity white American Christianity, um, denial of the body, uh, this kind Uh of, the body is bad. The body is, um, dirty. The body is ugly and sinful and lustful. So we've neglected the body in favor of this quick, quick entry into salvation via the spirit. So we can neglect what the body does, including abuses received and done. Um, and, well, I, yeah. I I think it applies to the whole world of materiality, and it, it, it feeds right into why we neglect and are abusive to Mother Earth. For sure, um, and and you know, particular to an industrialized consciousness, mm-hmm. a consciousness that has come to rely on everything um, done for us, that is packaged, that is readily available. You know, this there there isn't this patience with process. Um, you know, we fertilize orange trees to produce fruit all year, right? Rather than sort of accept that trees flower and fruit and flower and fruit and sink. We should eat according to the seasons, not according, you know, watermelon in December, like really, <laughs> you know? And I, I, I think um, there's, so there is that, like we, we have neglected the earth because of our fear of the body. We have neglected our relationships and I, I think in particular, this neglect of the body and this kind of fear of the body gave rise to white supremacy and abuse of other bodies. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good thing to pay attention to mm-hmm. personally so, and collectively. You know? Have you as an artist, have you ever, uh, let me, let me rephrase that. In your background, are, have you um, been a dancer? No. Okay. No, I, I, I'm not particularly graceful. I was a really great athlete. That requires some coordination, but right. maybe less grace than coordination. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you have done stuff in your artwork that embodies, in, involves bodies. Yes. Oh, by the way, this is an aside that uh, we may have to put the link to this in the email. 
did you get the video I sent you about the elephants? When did you send it? Two a days ago. ago. I think I missed two, it. Two days ago. I think I missed it. I'll have to look for it. If, um, you, did, if you didn't yeah. let me know, and I'll resend it. It's okay. just something that moved me a lot. There was about these elephant trainers that have trained elephants to play basketball with them. Oh my goodness! Did you send it in email or in the in yeah, text? In email. Okay, I'll look for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was very moving. I, I mean, just the fact that the elephants clearly love these guys. One guy was licking elephant lick his face. It was just <laughs> moving. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, the whole thing about awareness is, Uh I think, is just so important to be aware. And, and, um, you know, it's just not surprising to me knowing you, but it is also something that is out of most people's awareness that awareness leads directly into matters of justice. Mm. Yeah, I kind of feel like you can't help but you know, see that when you kind of go remove the blinders a little bit, how have I been conditioned to believe Mm -hmm. that the way that I am is the right way. Right. Um, and, and when we have spiritualities that focus solely on the I as a personal experience, rather than Mm -hmm. I as a, as a kind of collective or embedded experience, Mm -hmm. you know, spirituality can be super narcissistic. It, It can be very, I centered rather than we centered. Um, And that is something I think for our entire culture to look at. How are we doing uh, spirituality, religion, psychology, even that is just centered on the I and not on the, on the we that are the embeddedness aspect of being human, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that is true for me, right? That, 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 and in some ways, the more I work you do, the more we vision you have, right? So it's mm-hmm. they they live in tension with one another. And I circle back now to talking about our reliance on our devices. Mm. You know, our reliance on staying at home and being with our devices cuts us off from the we. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And on the other hand, can be an incredibly connecting device right so back to my earlier confession about listening to the soccer game i have a dear friend who i've known for a long time she lived with us during her exchange student year she's from argentina you know that we can text back and forth during the game you know after the game she sends me pictures of the celebration in the street you know that's it's beautiful to be able to participate in her world for a minute right um in a way that i couldn't have when i first met her because there wasn't international texting. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't available to us. So, mm-hmm. you know, there it's a, it's a both and, you know, yeah. yeah, everything is a both and I suppose. And that is this book that I'm reading living intention mm-hmm. is about just that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're going to, we're going to talk about awareness. Okay. How do we how do we develop it? And it, it's it's important. And also the maintaining uh, an alert involvement in issues of social justice. Yeah. 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 We don't we don't have to change the world on our own, but to participate in some way 
and transformation inevitably leads to collective good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, you know, I, just... I, 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 I ache for the pain that so many in this, in this world, people in Ukraine, people from Mexico and Central America, simply wanting a better life. Mm-hmm. And and how how globally we're not we're not responding well to this. I mm-hmm. heard somebody say the other day on a podcast that um, it's not a matter of whether we can solve these problems. We can. It's not a matter that we want. Yeah. Like world hunger, we can solve world hunger. We just don't do it. Yeah. We don't we can solve. We can solve yeah. homelessness. We yeah. just don't do it. Yeah. We don't lack the imagination. We lack the will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. A willful spirituality. So how do we develop a willful spirituality? <laughs> a wonderful yeah. question. Yeah. 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 And engaged. Yeah. So we'll be doing that. Okay. All right. Onward. Well, onward. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you make New Year's resolutions? I have in the past, and I follow them for a few minutes, <laughs> and then they fall by the wayside. I think what Josh and I have started to do, like we went on a walk the afternoon of New Year's Eve and just talked about what we hope for and what we want to be attentive to. Um, anytime, you know, always and nevers are never good spaces to be in. <laughs> So I think we just, we, we sort of set intentions, but not resolutions. Mm-hmm. I, and so mine never have to do, for example, with like dieting or some, you know, I mean, I just feel like that, that just sets me up for failure <laughs> or mm-hmm. I'm going to work out seven days a week. I already take pretty good care of my body. You know, there's that I need to be attentive to it, but not sort of obsessed with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think what do I want to put my attention to is more the question. So, yeah. yeah. I know you don't, you've told me that before. You don't make them. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that, um, I don't make a new year's resolution. I, I do. Um, I do commit and recommit on a regular basis to this, thing i know people make fun of me about it but the importance of having a, a solid daily spiritual practice mm-hmm. is just i think it's just indispensable for the living of life um i, I am not a i want to be really careful how i say this i ground my teaching in the christian tradition i don't i, I i'm really really careful about what i think a quote Christian person is but I really do um, use the teachings and person of Jesus as I have come to know those teachings and that person through the very best of modern scholarship Mm -hmm. I cannot I cannot imagine the person the historic person of Jesus not having a way to stay grounded in his understanding of the spirit yeah and you know the Jews were liturgical geniuses about this and um 
the the guy who wrote the book, he's a member of the Jesus Seminar. I'm blocking on his name right now, but he wrote a book called uh, Rabbi Jesus, which is probably one of the best books about the reconstruction of the historical Jesus I've ever read. Mm-hmm. talks about the, the Jewish mystical daily ritual tradition mm-hmm. that probably gave Jesus, the historic Jesus, the grounded he, he needed to be such a strict, uh, I don't mean rigid, but so so strictly committed to the prophetic message of justice for all that that he that eventually had him killed. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was grounded in something that caused him to maintain that stance. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I, I hope that if you're listening to this out there and you have not done it, that you will go to the Ordinary Life website and register for Jan Phillips. I think I can promise you that you will not be disappointed. Yeah. Um, by coming to experience a small affair. <laughs> she she is that. Yeah. She's gonna yeah. and she's she's gonna do some things that we yeah. are not used to. I love it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Talk we'll see you, you soon. Okay. Bye bye.